my body is ready. All of this just works. It just works. Who's laughing now? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 80, the return of the Ross episode of the Game Groups podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Josh and Mike, as well as today's special guest, our first ever return guest. That's Ross. He's the man behind the command prompt YouTube channel. But guys, let's get right into things. Instead of asking all of you how you're doing, they do it on every podcast. You know, Ross, I hear it on every podcast. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week has been. So, Ross, we're giving you the guest of honor. First crack at this this week. So, Ross, what is the best thing that happened to you this week? Probably um, I was very happy to have been gifted It Takes Two from my brother-in-law over Christmas. So, and I finally got my wife to sit down and actually start playing it with me. Nice. So that was probably that was probably the best thing that happened. Very nice. How much have you guys played so far? We're about 2 hours into it. We just we just rode a magical catfish through a cave, so pretty solid game all things considered. <laughs> yeah. Tons of really crazy twists and turns and the gameplay just constantly changes. It's a really good game. I mm-hmm. love it. Josh, the peak of your week. You know, I got to give it to the post Christmas clean. There's something about Ooh. it because so, the wife and I have a live tree. Uh, that's kind of been a new thing for us. So getting rid of that bitch once Christmas is over, because I am i don't know how y'all are. I'm the type of guy, the second the 26th hits, I want that fucking tree out of my house. Wow. Get everything that's Christmas fucking gone. I'm done with it. I, I'm just like immediately through. But it's its funny. It, it's like it clicks like a switch. The, th- the second Thanksgiving is over, I can't wait to have it all up. But then I hit my limit, and once it's all down, I feel great. Uh, I feel refreshed. Although this time I had an interesting uh, happening during the post-Christmas clean. The wires got tangled when I was <laughs> pulling them down, uh, and I just said, you know what, fuck it, these are old. I've been spending like 30 minutes to an hour on these things, so I just got a pair of scissors and cut them all off wow. so I could recycle the tree. You know, it was that or have a mental breakdown over a, uh, a Christmas tree, which I didn't think I was going to let myself do so yeah probably uh, yeah. not great yeah not great but yeah no that's pick of the week it's a house is nice and clean it's it's wonderful so you're not a like let it at least go to to new year's day kind of guy absolutely not get it the fuck out of the house wow i usually sometime the first week of january it comes down for me i, I don't know about the other guys here but but sometime in the first week of january mike what was the best thing that happened to you this week i don't know it's the new year it's yeah. nice. I'll, I'll take that. Nothing bad has happened in, in 2023 yet. Are you turning over a new leaf this year, Mike? No. Okay. The peak of my week was that, well, we visited my in-laws for the new year. We had a great time. So we also played an incredibly long game of Monopoly. I haven't played Monopoly in a really long time. Forgot how long it is. You know, like there's the memes about it. No, the game is actually, it doesn't end. It really doesn't end. It just goes on forever. We also uh, drank some bourbon that was bottled in the USSR. Don't come after me, please. Uh, we also found like this treasure trove of GameCube, Wii, and PSP games. So these were my my wife's games and her brother's games growing up. The brother, 
let us take all the games. So got a new bunch of games that I'm adding to my collection. So my Game Boy Advance collection is now kind of turning into a general gaming collection. I'm not really sure where this is going, but I am having fun with it. And I started logging all the games in like multiple spreadsheets today and like with with initial costs and market value costs. And I, I don't, this just kind of has happened suddenly in the last couple of weeks. I don't know where it's going, but I'm having a lot of fun. It's a good time. All right, let's move on to show me your trends. In show me your trends, I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase, and they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode to get the purest answers possible. We're going to play three quick rounds. Round one, guys. Can you lick blank? Can you lick a battery? Can you lick envelopes while pregnant? Or can you lick your elbow? What the fuck? Uh, Who's licking batteries? You've never licked a battery? Well, I, I have, like in high school. Okay, though. there it is. Middle school. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. You guys are brave. <laughs> Super brave. Who licks a battery? Besides, well, Josh. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, personally, I feel like elbow because everybody's like, oh, man. Uh, like if you can't lick your heel, you can lick your elbow or some something like that. I feel like elbow would have to be the the right one. I'm sorry. If you can't lick your heel, yeah, you know. Can you lick your heel? Of course not. That's what crazy okay, people okay. do. Okay. <laughs> I'm really tempted to like try right now because I feel like I could. Give us a try, Josh. Give us choke, a try choke, real choke, quick choke. right here live. Josh <laughs> just did it. He just licked his heel. I'm pretty sure. I didn't put my tongue to it because I didn't want to lick my dirty ass feet, but um. But you could. Understandable. But I could, yeah. But, wow. but you could. Okay. You wanted to. You made it look really easy. I'm not going to try it right now, but it. I think I could do it. That's one, the one advantage to being a short king is uh, <laughs> we're at least a little more flexible, I guess. All right, let's get some answers here. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, Ross votes elbow. I, I'm also going elbow. I'm going with envelope. All right, the answer is can you lick your elbow? Can you lick your elbow? Mm. Very good. Accurate. Round two. Can you taste blank? Can you taste without smell? Can you taste in dreams? Or can you taste with your balls? Huh? What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> okay. Listen, I don't ask the questions. I just transcribe them. <laughs> what the um, fuck? I feel like I don't remember the first two after the balls drop. <laughs> I, the, it's it's can you taste without smell? Can you taste in dreams, or can you taste with your balls? <sighs> who's who, who's dipping their balls in French onion soup like it's a Saturday? Like <laughs> I don't understand. I, no shot. I'm going with uh, taste to smell. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I I'm in agreement with Josh. Oh man, I'm actually I'm I'm gonna say dreams because I've always wondered too. I've never done it. I'm not a very good dreamer. I don't think, but. Nah, it, nah, in the dreams for sure. You've actually got me thinking now. Like, can we taste in our dreams? That's I, what I'm saying. Is like, <laughs> re- think about every time you've ever dreamt. Yeah. You know, wet dreams or whatever. Not oh. judging. <laughs> but have you ever tasted anything? <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm thinking specifically about the oh. wet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have. I, I don't. I don't think I have. But it's it's intriguing me now. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, the answer is: Can you taste? Without smell. Can you taste without smell? Damn. Round three. Can you feel blank? Can you feel 
a headache? Can you feel ghosts? Or can you feel the love tonight? Yes. I was waiting on that one. <laughs> um, I, just, I, I mean, it's got to be, right? The love tonight? I, yeah. I, like, I don't know how it's not, to be honest. Because <laughs> like, as soon as he said, can you feel, it was in me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying headaches, just because. Relatable. I got to go the love tonight. Yeah, got to. All right. The answer is, can you feel the love tonight? Can you feel the love tonight? I'd love to see it. Elton John, right? Elton John? Oh, I don't know. I think it's Elton John. I'm not the, that uh, culture. The Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. Him or Lil Wayne. Good song. But did you say and Lil Wayne? Him or Lil Wayne. <laughs> oh, right. Either or. <laughs> Elton John they featuring put sex Lil in Wayne. the stars. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the big question. Earlier this week, we named Elden Ring our 2022 Game of the Year on the Goodnight Groups website. And according to trackers at Reset Era, our award also happened to be the one that officially made Elden Ring the most awarded game of all time, passing The Last of Us Part Two. Now, we have a wide range of thoughts on the game here. Josh loves it. Mike and myself both have respect for it, but varying degrees of time spent playing and varying degrees of a desire to continue playing. And then Ross has a popular video on his YouTube channel that was actually a bit critical of the game, although I think overall he did generally like it, but but it was a good critique of the game. Now, additionally, Ross also wants to bring another Souls-like into this conversation. He's doing some research on a Sekiro opinions for an upcoming video, so I do want to get our thoughts on that game at some point here as well. So, of course, Sekiro was the 2019 game of the year, so there's a bit of a through line here in this conversation with these two Souls-like game of the year winners. So, guys, here's the question. Josh, we're going to go to you first on this as the resident Elden Ring super fan. How do we feel about naming Elden Ring our 2022 game of the year? Naturally, I feel very good about it, but I I, I will say I've softened on Elden Ring a little bit. <laughs> what? In the last two days? Well, I mean, obviously, obviously over time, like I, I won't say this to like kill any of the hype for it. It's a clearly deserving a game of the year. It, it earned it. Nothing was even close. Not even God of the not even God of the War. Not even God of War <laughs> uh, was deserving. Um, so now that that's out of the way, I will say I, I can see like looking back specifically Ross at your video, I agree with a lot of the criticisms. Um, something in particular that I, I think really makes it difficult for me to get back into Elden Ring is the replayability. And I'm starting to run into that because uh, me and Fave like just recently, like with the whole long holiday weekend we had, I shit you not, we sat down on a Friday and played Dark Souls 3 until about 3 in the morning, uh, and just replayed Dark Souls 3 all the way up until, like, I, I think Pontiff Sullivan, which is, like, just over halfway Ooh. through the game. And, and, like, I have not done that yet in Elden Ring, and I've done that multiple times in Dark Souls 3. Um, so I kind of hate that Elden Ring is is, is kind of missing that. That said... I think it's the open-ended aspect, too. It's too much. It, I think it's too much, and it, it's fantastic for a first go-around. It literally grabbed me like Skyrim grabbed me. But much like Skyrim, the second you explore it once, you've explored it. I mean, it is what it is. You kind of know what you're getting. It loses its luster. You don't know what's around the corner. You know, maybe on a second you can get it. But honestly, with Elden Ring, you fought the bosses once. What am I really missing to miss another lizard again? <laughs> that's the that's the only unfortunate part. I, I think Elden Ring nailed it, though, on every other occasion. I think the bosses, for the most part, 
are really solid aside from maybe towards the end game where they just hit hard and it's bullshit. But I, I, I think it's fantastic. Do I think it's the quintessential Souls game? Um, yeah, I say it's a quintessential Souls game. Do I think it's a quintessential Dark Souls game? No, the quintessential Dark Souls game is Dark Souls 3. And I think I'd confidently say that at this point. But other than that, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was long-winded as shit, but I, I just have lots of thoughts about Elden Ring because my opinions have kind of shifted as I've been playing. I've, I've even recently picked up uh, Sekiro again, uh, or attempted to anyways. And so yeah, I, I've, been, I've been exploring it all lately. Very nice. Josh, if you have any other further thoughts or anything comes to mind, just feel free to jump in throughout the rest of this too. Ross, before we go to you, Elden Ring was our game of the year, like as an organization. Of course, we all have our own personal ones. Mike's being Hard Space Shipbreaker, mine being Tunic. But as an organization, we voted for Elden Ring. But I want to know, what would be your game of the year? And then we'll, we'll talk about how you feel about Elden Ring being sort of this general game of the year winner. So I actually... I was thinking about it, and it's like, I feel like, because obviously you said you guys had a company or organization-wide game of the year, but I also think that it's interesting to think, what do you think would be the most impressive or deserving game of the year versus what is your favorite game that you played that year? So I would have to say that game of the year-wise, yeah, Elden Ring definitely deserves it. Like, it, it's, it's ridiculous the amount of content and varying quality that Miyazaki and the team were able to put into Elden Ring. It's 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 an amazing game. But if I had if if there was a game that I could go back to and replay it fresh from this year, it's easy Sifu. Sifu was yeah. so good. And it's obviously it's a little bit because I'm a I'm a Sekiro nut and a lot of the systems in Sifu mimic a lot of things in Sekiro, but Sifu is such a thoughtful and unique game that I highly doubt we're ever going to get anything like it again. And it's so cool to say that because the game before that from Slow Clap was called Absolver, yeah. and it tried to do this multiplayer type thing with melee martial arts, and it, they, they just stripped everything and kept what worked and Sifu all day, every day. Sifu is a game that I really want to try, and and I know you likening it to Sekiro that scares me a little bit but I do know that they they worked on accessibility options and putting in difficulty options I don't know if those are in yet I assume they probably are the game came out a while ago at this point maybe they aren't but that's sort of what I've been waiting for because I do want to play a more accessible version of the game because I just don't think I would have fun with the more difficult version but Sifu has been on my list for a while and I, and I do really want to get to it at some point mm -hmm. very understandable how do you feel then about Elden Ring basically sweeping everything? Like I said, um, it's it's understandable. I, you can't, you really can't be mad at it. If 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 you if you're gonna sit there and tell me that it doesn't deserve these awards, then I would ask you what does. And depending on who you are, you'll probably say God of War Ragnarok, which it's an okay game. It's pretty good, but it's like Elden Ring is just. It's so huge. And of course, that's something I levy against it, like very much so. But at the same time, it hits more than it misses. And I think that's an important distinction whenever you look at something like, I don't know, almost any other game. But I also think that in this totally different conversation, I'm very derail <laughs> Josh fine. was talking about Dark Souls 3. That is my definitive Souls game experience. Okay. I, I definitely think that that is the most probably not the tight, most tight-knit 
Souls game out there. But for first timers, after they get done with Elden Ring, after they played half of it and then get bored of it, I would definitely say to go to Dark Souls 3 and then actually finish that one because it's actually worth finishing. And Dark Souls 1 is probably just the best Souls game. I'll have to consider Dark Souls 3 because I do think Elden Ring is, it's not for me because of the open-ended nature to it. So it, Elden Ring is one of those, like I I like in theory the idea of not having the hand-holding and quest markers and all that kind of stuff. In theory, I love that. As far as like being a older millennial gamer now and like not having all that time, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like it in, in practice as much as I wish I did. So maybe Dark Souls 3 is the one that I need to try. But Mike, let's go to you now. How do you feel about us naming Elden Ring our game of the year and then sweeping everything? Honestly, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of wrote it in my blurb that I don't think Elden Ring's the best game that came out this year. But that being said, I think Elden Ring is the game of 2022. Like if you're going to look back at 2022 a decade from now you're gonna say ah yeah elden ring came out that time and that's gonna be it you're not gonna say ah god of war ragnarok came out because it's that's the thing with like god of war 2018 it's called god of war 2018 for a reason because everyone knows that came out in 2018 yeah it's the same reason why everyone knows skyrim came out in 2011 it's the same reason why it takes two one last year was because it was literally a game of the time we were living in it was a couch co-op game that you could play online and oh also only one person needed to buy it in order to play with it it was amazing for the time that we lived in so elden ring winning game of the year yeah that's fine sweeping all the categories i swept some i don't agree with them i don't think like like i said i don't think it's the best game that came out this year I mean, I, I, I don't know what I would pick right now uh, for like best RPG, but I'd probably give it to like Xenoblade or something and not Elden Ring. Personally, for me, I don't see Elden Ring as an RPG. I know it is, but it's a Souls game. I'm just going to pump my stats so that I can beat someone in the face with the big sword. <laughs> like, there's got to be more to it for me. Like, there's no there's no actual like character development in yeah in Elden Ring you're 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 the tarnished and you're going through and you get to make decisions to shape the world great but like I don't know I don't I don't play it like ah this is my role in the world like I, I don't know that's not how I play Elden Ring I know some people do and that's fine but yeah I I think it's deserving of game of the year I think it's deserving of the awards that won I don't know, last last year, like Cyberpunk came out and everyone was like, My God, this was the most hyped up thing ever, and it is not good. So it does say something to live up to the hype. Yeah, living up to the hype is good. It's something that is rare and that's unfortunate at this point in video games, especially triple A's, to promise so much and the fact that you're able to deliver on it, like that should just come with the territory, but you know, it doesn't. Um, so what in like the real world would be like a participation trophy, I guess gets you game of the year. So that's cool. Obviously part of the deal of Elden Ring winning or becoming the most awarded game of all time is the fact that there are so many outlets now 
Like that number is just growing every single year. I mean, the fact that I was shocked that we would be counted in something like that, but apparently we are, which is, which is hilarious and news to me. And I only found out because someone DM'd us on, on Twitter about it and linked me to the thread on reset era. And then there was like a games radar article about it and they linked to the, to the thread as well. I was hoping that would bring some people to us, but I don't know if it did, but for my blurb, it was, it was similar to Mike's in that I talked about how there are some games that you really just can't ignore their presence, their influence in the industry. It's just so large that you, you have to respect it. Even if you aren't into it, you have to respect it. And Elden Ring is one of those games we get every so often that sort of just transcends the gaming community itself. I don't think it got quite as big outside of gaming as something like World of Warcraft or The Last of Us or The Witcher, one of which got a movie, two of which got TV series or anything like that. But for a game like Elden Ring, with how difficult it is compared to other AAA titles and how much it doesn't hold your hand, like something like a Ubisoft title, for that to transcend the gaming community in the way that it did is incredibly impressive. You know, part of it is probably also that it was a it was a pretty weak year in video games. A lot of stuff got pushed to 2023. You know, whether Starfield ends up being good or not, there's a chance it would have been a part of a conversation like that. You know, there's other games coming out this next year that could be part of that conversation had they come out in 2022. But it's one of those things where we kind of just knew since like since we first saw gameplay of Elden Ring in June of 2021. Everyone was kind of like, oh, that's probably going to win game of the year. It's just, it was one of those things. And and I don't think there aren't many games that do that. Cyberpunk probably was that. Of course, that didn't actually end up happening. But I can't think of other games where people are essentially awarding that game, game of the year, long before it even comes out. And Elden Ring was one of those, and it lived up to it, and it came out and blew everyone away and swept all these awards and has become the most awarded game of all time. So incredibly impressive an incredibly impressive feat and like i said because of that you just kind of have to respect it and even if it's not for me you can't ignore it but the other part of the question to help ross out with with some of his research for his video i want to ask how we feel about sekiro in general and sort of as like a souls like companion like bloodborne in from software's catalog of games where they're not actually souls games but they are they're in the style right so Josh, how do you feel about Sekiro and how does it match up with the other From Software Souls games for you? So I think I've just come to terms with it. I'm glad it exists, but it's not for me. Like, just straight up. Because in Dark Souls games, you can basically force the game to play to your will because they give you the options to. You can't do that in Sekiro. You have to play how the game has dictated it to you because it's different than Dark Souls. It's, It's way less of an RPG. You know, you're just you're just a guy. <laughs> you've got your fucking katana and you've got your toolkit and you can parry people and it is what it is. There's no like giant axe you're using. There's no giant mace. There's no stats really further than that. Uh, and it, it just doesn't suit how I like to play. I don't like parrying. I don't like the the way the gameplay feels. I, I think it's good. I think all the praise it received is warranted and, and great. I just don't think it's for me. And I think the reason I, I say that all is because I love Bloodborne to death. It's another spinoff, and Bloodborne kind of, you have a little more leeway with how you need to play, but overall it is different from a Dark Souls game. You have to be more aggressive. You have to be willing to, to funnily enough, to parry a little bit more, uh, but in a different way. 
and, and I, I just think it, it's two different games that are catering to two different uh, two different sets of people. You know, I, I think you know there's probably a lot of crossover between the Dark Souls people, but I definitely know there's people out there who don't cross over from Bloodborne or to Sekiro because I mean, Fave in particular, I thought Fave would get grabbed up by Sekiro, and he just can't do it. He just doesn't like it. It's it's just not for him. Uh, same with me. So I'm glad it's there, but it's just it's not really for me. So we're gonna go to Mike next, and then what I want you to do, Ross, or, or what you can do is if you have any questions that you want to ask us about this for for what you're doing, go ahead uh, after Mike here. So Mike, what do you think about Sekiro? It's a good game that I'm really <laughs> bad at. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even say that I'm bad at it. I don't have the patience to continue playing it. It's it's different from other Souls games in the sense that, for me, I don't think that it's very clear as to where you're supposed to go, and I think that's part of the puzzle of the game. Like, the gameplay loop is in itself a puzzle in which you basically go until you start bashing your head into a wall, and then you're supposed to somehow figure out that you can go back in time, and then you go do that, and then you go until you bash your head into a wall, and then you go back, and that previous wall can be beaten by whatever you found in in dream world um it's good um i like the combat on like josh i think it is weird uh it's a weird combination of like almost almost a ninja gaiden or neo with a souls like because you have like weapon combos you have weapon abilities and stuff like that you have moves that you can do um mm, special okay. parries etc and there is a um there there's like a skill tree to it which is also cool i just haven't really put in much time in sekiro uh i got to the big drunk guy who <laughs> beat the living shit out of me uh repeatedly and i was like mm, i'm done i i'm good yep that's I exactly where i put. experienced oh. enough of this and and maybe i would go back and play it on my own time i think that's the other thing is that I wasn't playing a lot of Souls games on my own time. I was more so playing it uh, for content creation and stuff like that. Maybe if I just sat down and played it, I would be more inclined to continue playing it. Um, that said, um, I don't share Josh's opinions on Bloodborne. I think that game is dog shit. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> it's because it's a PlayStation exclusive. That's why it's... A no, it's because they replaced... Uh, <laughs> a very simple system of having flasks with a farming system in which you have to go and find your healing and fuck that. I don't need to be further punished when I lose <laughs> a boss fight. So I'm done with that game. Yeah. That's what, that was the first souls like game that I ever tried. And I remember being like, how do I heal myself? Like, why, why do I have to find these? I thought, I thought they just recharge. I was very confused. Nah, SS flasks are, Really good design, and they're in like every Souls game except for like Bloodborne for a reason. So stop trying to change it. Don't change it. Don't touch it. It's good. It's funny in my blurb that I wrote for the podcast here about Sekiro, I, I use the same verbiage that Mike had about bashing my head against the wall. It's just not a game that I would ever play. I know that I wouldn't have a good time. I would get way too frustrated. I've said many times, I love video games, but I'm not good at them in that way. I don't have the patience to hit my head against the wall to get better at a particular game. Like that type of challenge in video games, I don't personally value that. Like the 
the repetitive trying to do something over and over again until you finally get it. There are occasions where I like that. It's very rare. And in like at most, we're talking like maybe like 10, 15, 20 attempts against a boss. And if it goes beyond that, then I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm quitting. I'm rage quitting. I'm done. But with that said, Sekiro is also the most intriguing of the Souls-like games from FromSoft for me. I, it, it feels like it's the fastest. It's the most uh, active, the most fluid. It has the, It's the shallowest in its systems. And that, to me, is way more attractive than the other offerings as an outsider who just isn't in the Souls games at all. But Ross, let's go to you next. If you want to give your thoughts on Sekiro and then any questions that you have to, to further your, your research here. All right. So right from the jump, I, I just want to tell you, Josh and Mike, how valid your opinions are for Sekiro. Like, I, I totally get it. And with that said, you're fucking wrong. No, no. <laughs> um, back in 2019, when the game first came out, I made a video on it. Not a very good video. Wasn't good at doing that. But it's it's telling. It, it it's very funny to go back and watch that and listen to the like my first experience with that game because I had so many instances where I was like, this part was so fucking hard. Like, God, this is this is really badly designed. And like, don't don't get me wrong. Some of the like. The, I will give you guys the drunkard in the Hirata estate level. I, that's one of my least favorite fights in the game. Also the bulls, the bulls are not fun to fight, but what I'm saying is it's telling that me as someone who now loves the game dearly, I'm also on like my eighth playthrough. So I'm intimately familiar with how this game functions in every minute detail, but it's also telling of how, Poor the tutorialization is in a lot of instances because there are several systems that I don't think Sekiro does a good job of teaching the player. How important parrying is and how to get good at it, it's, it's, it's a disconnect from the previous Souls games because I'll, I'll mention as much in the video, it's a little sneak preview. <laughs> in, in every other Dark Souls game, it doesn't matter from, from the, the zombies in the Undead Burg all the way to the fucking Nameless King in Dark Souls 3. The way that you get around every single attack in Dark Souls from Demon to 3 to Elden Ring is the B button, or the Circle button. You dodge roll. That's it. That is the only defensive maneuver you have, well, I, and the Jump button eventually in Elden Ring. But in Sekiro, you have parrying, jumping, footstooling off of enemies, Makiri counters, wall jumps, all of your prosthetic tools. You have all of these different... Basically, it's an action game that was made by the FromSoft people, so it's hard as hell. <laughs> and I don't think it does a good enough, good enough job telling you Elden Ring is a rhythm game. Elden Ring is a rhythm game in the sense that whenever you fight enemies, they all have very set attacks that come out and hit the player at very specific times. And if you can get the... Duh, 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 then you're golden. You will have to do a little, you know, a little footsies and stuff like that. And whenever any counter opportunity comes up, you'll have to use it. But essentially, if you can get a hang on, in one-on-one -on -one battles, fighting multiple enemies is not easy. But if you can get the hang of timing the enemy's attacks and getting the rhythms down, then it becomes way easier to deal with. Now on to the actual questions, because I was just waxing poetic right there. <laughs> All right. So I kind of touched on it about what makes Sekiro so difficult. 
And I feel like Josh and Mike both told me, essentially, it's not that it's too difficult. It's that it's too different. And I don't feel like learning the systems because I don't want to put the work in, which that that came off a little more hostile. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it. I was like, God damn, he's laying it. I'm roasting y'all. I'm roasting him. But is he wrong? Oh uh, no, he's absolutely not. Not at all. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I I couldn't be bothered anymore with the systems. I was just Which like, is totally I was just, fair. I was like, I, I tried it again. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna fully get involved. I'm gonna actively use more systems, and I did. And I was just like, I do not like it. I can't be bothered to learn it. And then I just started playing Dark Souls Three. It's unfamiliar, right? It's it's not the Souls systems that you're used to. It's something completely mm-hmm. different. Like Ross said, an action game. Like that is that's really changing up the script and. And I can see why that would just make it frustrating to to come in from being from playing Souls games, and now all of a sudden you're playing Sekiro, and it's completely different. But Mike, what about you? Do you do you agree with that? God, now I might go back and install Sekiro. I think the issue, <laughs> yes! I think the issue is the fact that it is an action game, and if I wanted to play an action game Souls, like I'd just play Neo, and that's my biggest issue because the problem is. Yeah, give me that stinky face. Yeah, I also got the stink face going. (laughs) I actually really like Neo. And the reason why I like Neo is because you have freedom to do basically whatever you want. In this game, I have to be Samurai Man, and that's it. There's not a lot of freedom of choice in how I approach things. And uh, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's not. I don't know. It's, um, It's a little constraining. And in regards to the systems, I I would further iterate that the game does a great job of teaching you the systems. The problem is you have to go to the place that allows the game to teach you. And it doesn't just force the teaching you down your throat. You have to go and talk to the, the uh, one guy that's off to the side and go fight him and spar with him repeatedly to get the feel of everything before you go out and actually play the game. But he's off to the side and kind of hidden. And if you don't go and just like kind of interact with him and do every time you got a new thing, go and try it out with him. You're just not going to get the timing figured out on anything. Well, I, I would agree with that. Like, uh, I think his name's Hanabe, uh, the undead or undying, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most, I don't want to say useless, but, like I, in all of my time playing Sekiro, I have talked to that dude maybe twice. And like, <laughs> like I have like, I, I really think that, eh, I don't know, I don't want to come off as an asshole here. But like, I feel like that Hanabe is there to help put on the training wheels. But as soon as you jump off of that branch into Ashina for the first time, you, the enemies will push you off your fucking bicycle kick your training wheels off and then take your money. Like, like it does not care about your basic boot camp training at all. I, I say that. Um, so partway through the intro or partly partway through the, um, the estate timeline, you have to learn a, a special parry, right? To deal with a certain hunter that uses a spear. Oh, the Mercury counter. Yeah. You have to, you have to learn that. And I repeatedly went into that fight having that counter equipped and just being like, I don't know how to fucking use this. Oh. And every time just getting my ass handed to me because 
you don't do it the same way as every other counter. No, you dodge into it. Yeah. <laughs> I love so I had that. To go, I had to go back and I had to go talk to the undying and I had to do the training and be like, oh, this is how I do this. That's cool. Thanks for letting me know this. And then I went back and I kicked the guy's ass. But it's like, I don't know. It, there's a lot of technique involved in Sekiro that doesn't exist in Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Elden Ring. 100%. I'm becoming less and less intrigued by this game as, as this conversation goes on. Matt, if you sat there and said, I'm going to try out Sekiro, I would tell you don't ever utter those words ever. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, I would. I, it would make me cry. Here's my question: Would I cry quicker? I cr I cried like ten minutes into God of War Ragnarok. Would I cry quicker into Sekiro? It'd probably take you like twenty twenty minutes. It'd take you longer. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Nothing really longer. happens in the first like fifteen. Minutes. Yeah, the the tutorial is it's okay. The tutorial, the, the intro tutorial is um. It makes you a feel lie. like a god. <laughs> It makes you feel like you're about to be the, the biggest dick shinobi the fucking Japan's ever seen. Then you walk out and you just get the shit beat out of you. Yeah, you get your hand cut off. So what else you got, Ross? I was going to ask. So like, like we said, Sekiro is not an RPG. No, not even close. Like it, They actively removed pretty much every RPG mechanic that the Souls franchise has. Except for the shinobi prosthetics. And also, I was going to comment, Mike. Those skills that you can like unlock, like that extra moves that you can do whenever you press L1 and R1 or whatever, all of those moves except for like one of them is good. I never use those things. Oh yeah, I used them once. So I was like, why would you use this? Yeah, it, it it interrupts like all sense of flow that you can get with that with the the fights. Anyway, the Shinobi prosthetics. Some of them are built to interrupt or stun certain bosses. Did you guys ever use any of that? Personally, before you say anything, I never did because I felt like it, again, ruined the flow of the fight. Yes, I did. I, and I know Josh did as well. Yep, yep, I used it. The flamethrower was very, very nice against the ogre. Yes. That is the only one I used. I also used the, uh, well, you have to like use the axe against the shield people. Mm -hmm. So, Ross, these are mechanics designed to counter specific bosses and you're saying that you basically just ignored it because it it ruined the fights for you ruined is a very strong word it did not ruin them it's just like there there are so many of them and you almost have to it, it, it does the dark souls thing you have to read the item descriptions and they will tell you if they can be used on certain enemy types like i think oh, okay. firecrackers that you can get a firecracker and it will stun the bull which again i said is one of the least fun encounters but even if you fight the bull the firecracker doesn't do like jack shit like it, it, it stuns it for a minute but then it's back on being an asshole and then there are some enemies the these i think they're the shamans and they just do not care about anything you almost can't fight them unless you have a specific type of umbrella shield that can block magic and it's the it's just stuff like that is it's really awful, and it, it almost feels I almost feel disingenuous whenever I say I love the game wholeheartedly. <laughs> whenever there are encounters that I just avoid because they they basically require that you use some of these prosthetic tools. Okay. Yeah, but I was just I wanted to know how deep Josh and Matt M Mike went into it, and uh, okay. 
Seems like they I, I do remember the firecrackers, and I do remember using them and saying, "Why are these a thing?" and then never using them again. Yep. Are the firecrackers one of the first things you get? Because I feel like I remember that in the promotional stuff. You can. You can go. It's he's. It's a merchant that's hidden off on top of a mountain in the very first area, and you totally miss it, and you nothing much would really change. Like you don't okay. need the firecrackers okay. at all. There's also this. I'm trying to remember. Cause it's been years since I played Sekiro, but isn't this there that area? All I remember is like purple enemies that I couldn't damage, and all I did was die there. And I was that's like, "That's the magic. That's the shaman. That's ah, I hate those. Like those are the worst. <laughs> There's like three of them, I think, in the game. And then the headless enemies are also really awful. But um, no, we can move on unless Mike wants to tell me how Neo is actually a good game. <laughs> no, no. Okay, Mike, you have uh, you have thirty seconds to justify your love of Neo. Um, I really love basically anything Team Ninja puts out that isn't Ninja Gaiden 3. And um, Neo 1 is kind of dog shit. Neo 2 is better. There's All right. so much loot, though, and it gets so annoying to check your inventory after every single mission and then empty it out and then go back and do the same thing. And oh, my God. What's the new one that they have coming out? Uh, Wolong Fallen Dynasty yes. actually looks like Neo, but without all the loot. So I might play it. Yeah. All right. We'll keep us abreast of that development, please. Titty. Let's move on to Review Bombed Critics versus Gamers Edition. In Review Bombed Critics versus Gamers Edition, I give the panelists a game title, and they have to tell me whether the Metacritic score or the user score is higher for the given game. Critic and user scores are based on the critically best scoring launch platform. After I have all their guesses, I'll reveal... Both scores. We're going to play eight rounds, and the panelists can make the same guesses, but whoever made the most correct guesses at the end wins. I've also prepared a tiebreaker in case we need to go to that. All right, guys. Round one. Who scored it higher? The critics or the gamers for Elden Ring? Shit. Critics. I'm saying critics. It has to be. They fucking Because you have, you have Dorkalos yeah. like me that would give it like a six, or no, I want, that's not, that's me. I give it like an eight, <laughs> but the critics are like, you know, 10 out of 10. It would be an incrementally smaller score, but I think it would be critics. Yeah, because most people, this was the most bought Souls, most like mainstream Souls game. So you got people like Matt who buy it thinking this is the game for me. And then not getting, forgetting, not noticing where the tutorial was. Mike, are you calling me a normie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The answer is that the critics scored it 96 and the gamers scored it 7.7. Jesus. <laughs> Got him. By the way, the, the, the gamers tra translate that to a 100-point scale, and then we'll, then we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. All right, round two. <laughs> We're going a little off course here. Shrek Swamp Cart Speedway <laughs> for the Game Boy Advance. Who scored it higher, the critics or the gamers? Ah! <laughs> Gamers absolutely scored a higher, 100%. It's gotta be, because I don't know what the fuck this game is. And people just like Shrek. So people are gonna be like, haha, Shrek, and upvotes to the left. I also want to say gamers, because there was this Shrek fighting game a while back that actually had, like, a competition verified, like, it, it had a com competitive scene. It was a fucking Shrek party game, and it had a competitive scene. <laughs> And everybody loved it, so I have to like I have to go gamers because gamers are fucking nutty. All right. Well, the answer is that the critics gave it a twenty-seven, 
and the gamers gave it a 9.1. <laughs> Leave it to gamers. Let me let me read you a couple blurbs from some of the user reviews here. Please. It filled my heart with onions learning of this game's existence. Shrek ascended from his ogre lord's seat in Farquad Hell and brought justice to the realm of onions with this masterpiece. Someone said this game saved me from cancer. Uh, another person said, this is truly the work of our dear and beloved Ogre Lord. I saw an ad for it in the Swamp Weekly before it came out. I knew I needed this work of art. Please, Shrek. Work of art to please, Shrek. Uh, this one's in Spanish, so I can't read that one. Could not imagine a more perfect game. Shrek's beautiful aura only made my experience better. The intense smell of onions emanating from my Game Boy while I played only made the game more immersive. It sounds so legit. Now, all of these user reviews are from 2014 or 2017. So clearly, like the meme started in 2014, and then there was a resurgence in 2017. Now, there is one user score from 2003. It's a zero. <laughs> he says, boy, do I hate this game or what? This is the worst game on GBA ever. Bad graphics, bad sound quality, bad replay value, etc. And he spelled out etc. Do yourself and your money a favor and do not buy this godforsaken game. Clearly, he was not in on the meme. What a virgin. <laughs> All right. Imagine not enjoying the Shrek kart racing game. Karaoke dance party. All right, the next game. Who's keeping score, by the way? Mike, are you keeping score? Mike's no. keeping score now. <laughs> it's two all. It's, right it's now. two all. All right, next game. Epic Mickey. Who was higher, the critics or the gamers? Epic Mickey. People oh, like the that critics one. for sure. Yeah, I think that that one was actually liked whenever it first came out. It was a sequel that would everybody was like, oh, this, is, this isn't my grungy Mickey Mouse game. Four out of ten. Oh, God. I don't know, man. Disney people are weird about shit. Kingdom so Hearts. weird that I, I'm going critics, I think, because th th they'll just hate it because Mickey looks a little different. All right. For Epic Mickey, the critics gave it a 73. The gamers gave it a 7.4. 7.4. Gamers win. Well, shit. Next game is Control. Who was higher, the critics or the gamers? Critics? Probably. Gamers. You think so? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with critics. Why not? I think that because I'm pretty sure it was IGN's like game of the year that year. And, and everyone's like, oh, it's so weird. It's so different. Let's just give it the glug glug. All right. Control. The critics gave it an 85 on the highest scoring platform. It does differentiate quite a bit by platform because of the performance issues, I think. But the critics gave it an 85. The gamers a 7.5. So the critics win for that one. All right. Next game, we have Sonic Frontiers. Who's higher, the critics or the gamers? Gamers. Gamers. <laughs> gamers. The real gamers. <laughs> the, the most oppressed gamers alive, Sonic fans. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. But boy, do we live. Spare me. <laughs> it's a good game. Uh... Sonic good Frontiers, game. the critics gave it a 75, and the gamers, minus me, gave it an 8.6. 8.6. Also, Frontiers got robbed for the best soundtrack. Yeah, it really did. Game of the year, baby. All right, next game. We have three more here. Halo Infinite. Who was higher, the critics or the gamers? Oh, critics. Yeah, because everybody, everybody's pissed off with that game. We're all saying critics? I'd say critics. The critics gave it an 87. The gamers gave it a 7.9. 7.9. 
higher than I expected from yeah. the gamers. I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Halo Infant, famously the Goodnight Groove's inaugural Game of the Year winner. Aged like milk. <laughs> Aged like milk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game, we have two more. Pokemon Scarlet, higher with the critics or the gamers? <laughs> Neither. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in the hands of Pokemon stands. I'm going to go with the, you know what? No. Fuck. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, definitely gamers because Pokemon fans are rabid and they love anything. But the critics love to suck Pokemon dick. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Not specifically the Pokemon, but... Um, <laughs> okay, thank you for clarifying. Uh, well, I mean, there is... No. <laughs> some, some Pokemon. <laughs> the internet's a dangerous well, place. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Metapod hits him with your heart, you'll whoa, find whoa, out whoa. what he means. Super effective. <laughs> There's always, like, the annual competition for most fuckable Pokemon. It exists. <laughs> I'm going with gamers. I'm not Googling that right now. It's Mewtwo. <laughs> You've seen those hoops. That tail can do things. <laughs> I want to say I have faith and it's critics that gave it a higher score. I'm going with gamers. Yep, gamers. Pokemon fans are nuts. Pokemon Scarlet, the critics gave it a 72. Jesus Christ, that's so high. The gamers gave it a 3.2. Oof. Hey, Good job, gamers. <laughs> Great job. You took a dookie on it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, for whatever reason, Pokemon Scarlet is way lower than Park- Pokemon uh, Violet. Really? I don't know why. I mean, Pokemon Violet's not like a high score user score, oh. but it's it's higher than Pokemon Scarlet. Scarlet's also not the right version. No. Oh, get well, there you go. Oh. All right, going into the last game, what's the score, Mike? I don't know. I wasn't keeping score. Oh, my <laughs> God. All right. I think we're tied. Okay. We'll say we're tied. We'll do a tiebreaker just in case. So, last game is Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Critics or gamers? God. Critics, because people were bad at it when it came out. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think critics. Yeah, I think I would agree and say critics. I don't want to. I want to say gamers. I'll say critics. All right. Sekiro, critics gave it a 91. Gamers gave it a 9.0. Zero. Nine point zero. Woo! <laughs> Critics win. Critics win. Have me sweat. All right. Since we don't know what the score is, we're going to do a tiebreaker just in case when I check this in post. The closest guess for the user score for The Last of Us Part 2. Give me your, give me your closest guess for The Last of Us oh. Part 2 user score. 5.2. Oh, I was going to go 0.9. 6.7. That's too high. <laughs> <laughs> are you what are you going with ross 0. 0.9 0.9 0.9 okay <laughs> the People answer is it's 5.7 5.7 oh my god so that's that's mike my so mike if <laughs> if if it were tied mike wins i'm pretty this sure game. it was tied but if it wasn't tied then whoever won won and forget the tiebreaker <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to the unknown winner at the moment if it's not a three-way tie then it's a tie between josh and ross right so. yeah so because they answered <laughs> and the not, same neither the of them time. got that right so we have no winner <laughs> no. okay that's all right everybody wins Partici- participation trophy i win you guys lose. okay let's move on <laughs> to up. The water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. Josh, why don't we go to you first? What have you been playing this week? 
Uh, so a whole lot of the same old shit, which is World of Warcraft. Uh, no shit. I don't even talk about it anymore. I've just been playing it. <laughs> no new developments. I just play. New World, uh, I'm still playing it. I'm a little less so now. Um, I hit 40, or I'm getting close to hitting 40, and the schlag is kind of picking up, but I'm a little more determined this time, so I'm just going to keep pushing through it. Get that rested XP going. That's exactly what I'm doing. Then once yeah. I get the urge to play, I just like throw on a YouTube video and just go hard. Really, the the more interesting update is Faith and I have been playing a lot of Divinity Original Sin. Yeah. Now that two, sec- right? The sequel. Two, two yeah. the second one, yeah. And I, so far, I'm loving it to death. I used to, coming from a guy who used to hate turn-based combat, it's done really well. It's fun. It's it's not like complicated at all. It makes sense. Uh, I, and rogues are obscenely strong. Faith's um, <laughs> playing like effectively what is a death knight. And we are just, anything we fight just gets absolutely dumpstered. And it's a lot of fun. And not only that, the role-playing is solid. You could literally like just be a giant piece of shit. Uh, you can be nice. You could be like, I, I literally am role-playing as a thief. Like, I am nobility, but I also just steal from anyone. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of my, like, uh, <laughs> I just don't give a shit, basically. It's still from anyone. And it, it it's cool to be able to do that. But yeah, uh, that, that's really been about it. And also, apparently, I had bought Witcher 3 at some point on my Xbox. Uh, so I got the upgrade edition uh, oh, for free. So okay. I've been playing that. 60 FPS is great. I think this is going to finally be the time where I actually go through and fully beat Witcher 3. Perfect. Because uh, I love the 60 frames. Happy to have it on the console. And it's just, it, it's going to play into a question we're talking about a little bit later. But it, it I prefer it a lot on the console, uh, just sitting on the couch. Very nice. I love it. I- a lot of people in the in the groups universe are are enjoying Witcher Three right now. Mike excluded from that, of course, but maybe he'll get into it. Maybe maybe uh, that's one no. of his New Year's resolutions. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Ross, let's go to you next. What have you been playing this week, my friend? Currently going through Classic and Final Fantasy Seven. Ooh. But I'm playing because I've played or I've watched. Like I don't know if you guys are into like watching five hour long analysis on stupid shit you know nothing about. But I've like watched 15 billion different videos on Final Fantasy VII. I've watched an entire retrospective on the entire Final Fantasy series. But so I'm I download I found this mod called A New Threat. It's a Final Fantasy VII mod. Apparently, it rebalances, remixes, and like pretty much it's a new game. So wow, it's been really cool to go and be completely surprised and still be able to go through Final Fantasy VII. And it's really really fun. And it's cool to have played the remake, you know, back in 2020. And it, you know see how quickly that game actually ends compared to the first game and keep going and uh yeah other than that i beat halo wars 2 that was it whoa that's an interesting one to jump into yeah i um i thought i was gonna make a video on it me and my best friend we did a co-op playthrough because he's getting into pc gaming now and uh that was one of the first ones where i was like let's uh let's let's ease you in with a with a nice easy rts yeah. And he ended up really liking it. Halo Wars is a good RTS. Nice. I mm-hmm. never played any of the Halo's Halo Wars games, but they always intrigued me. They seemed fun. They are very fun. Like um they it, like if if you guys were to ever do like a a, a campaign. Like it, it's it's really really fun. I don't know how into RTSs and stuff you are, but Wars is a keeper. Like that's a fun one. All right. Very nice. Mike, what have you been playing this week? So many games. I mean, I'll name all three of them. Oh. So you know how I was like, oh, I have a backlog of games to just like finish. Yeah. Like uh, Midnight Suns. I haven't finished it yet. 
Midnight Suns, I started playing the final mission today, and the game's performance lagged so much that I had to turn it off. Really? It's real, Ooh. real bad. Why does it feel? <laughs> it, it feels like it's getting worse for you over time. Yeah, that's because it is. What the hell? Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty bad right now. I'm like halfway through the last mission, and to be honest, and this is probably on me, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It says fill the seal. Don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, um, last mission's going really well for me. It's I haven't had to restart at all. So yeah, I'm getting frustrated with it, but it is what it is. I only started playing it today. I was playing a lot of House Flipper the other day. Nice. Like the entire last week. They added a lot of stuff to it, so it's nice. It's fun. It's House Flipper. House Flipper 2 is coming out. I'm excited. And then most recently, I've been playing Stacklands. A lot of Stacklands. They apparently have done a bunch of updates to Stacklands, and now it is a... There's a lot in there that I didn't have before, um, and it's surprising how much they put into Stacklands, and it's a nice little indie game that everyone should go check out, because it might be on sale, but I don't know if it is. But if it is, think about it. I, I know the name, but I can't picture it in my head at all. Um, it's you. It's a, it's a village sim in which everyone is cards. Oh, I'm look. Okay. Yeah. This actually looks awesome. This looks really fun. It is a lot of fun and not at all frustrating except when it <laughs> is. I got frustrated this afternoon because I died for the third straight playthrough within like four moons. And I was like, this is bullshit. I need to step away from this. Wow. Damn. But then I came back and uh, beat the demon and completed one of the main quest lines. And now I'm more happy. And most importantly, the last game that I've played. I've been getting very much into TCGs recently yes. with Marvel Snap because Marvel Snap has sucked me in. And then I was just like, damn, I need to, I need to venture forth. So recently I... Got my niece some Pokemon TCG decks because she is of the age and she was interested. So I taught her how to play it. And I found out because I bought myself a deck with, um, as my friend puts it, the fuckable Pokemon as the leader for it, Gardevoir. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And I got I got a battle deck because I was like, I want something more interesting than the ones that came in the trainer, like the how to play tutorial guide. So I got a Gardevoir deck and it came with this funky little QR code reader thing. Okay. And I was like, huh, that's cool. So it turns out Pokemon has a TCG online client. And it's actually really, really good. And I've, I've been playing pokemon tcg Whoa. on my computer for like the last week i don't know why but i am and it's fun and i enjoy it and i enjoy reason. beating people up with uh not gardevoir because even though gardevoir is the main attraction of the deck um dragapult is really fucking busted and uh can avoid taking damage and wipe pretty much any basic pokemon off the map uh really fun having a good time uh, playing Marvel Snap, as usual, uh, season reset, 
And yeah, that's basically it. So does it let you use that deck that you bought physical? That's really cool. I've been wanting a TCG to do that for so long. I don't understand why we haven't seen that more, but that's awesome. Magic Online used to do that when it, well, still does that. Um, And if you buy all of the online versions of the cards, you get a nice little redemption code to get physical copies of all the cards if you buy a full set. Oh, okay. Interesting. So they do it. Just not not Hearthstone. No, 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 no. Well, there's no physical Hearthstone. But imagine. There there sort of used to be with the the World of Warcraft TCG, and they did turn some of those cards into Hearthstone cards, but it wasn't really the same thing. But before I get into mine, really random question, because I I don't know what sparked my memory about it, but recently I saw a game, Mike, and I think you've played this, Ross, but Mike, you would really like this game, and I don't know if you've even heard of it, but... It's it's very it's it's very much a Sonic 3D like. It's called Spark the Electric Jester 3. Mike, yes. have you played that? I know what it is. Are so you good. interested in it at all or is it is is for you is Sonic like it has to be Sonic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so are you interested or or, or what? I, I mean, mean, I'm looking at Steam right now. It's overwhelmingly positive and it it's 12 bucks right now. It is an amazing game. Like it's probably the best 3D Sonic game ever made. Yeah, it it maybe, but I'm not gonna go out and buy. Like, uh, I've had my eye on Panic the Hedgehog, or the Panic the Porcupine. Panic the Porcupine. Uh, it's a 2D Sonic ripoff mixed with uh, Super Meat Boy. Oh, so it's a masochist game. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Panic Porcupine. Yeah, this is this looks, it looks like great. a this is this is a video game nightmare for me. This is a video game nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Panic Porcupine. It looks awesome. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would have to have a desire to play a 3D Sonic game, which I usually don't unless it's Frontiers. All right. All right. That's fair. All right. Well, I've also been playing Marvel Snap. I played a ton of it during this holiday week. And while I was out of town, I did. I got into the December Battle Pass with like four days remaining. But I managed to pass level 50, which is where the main reward track ends. So I I was pretty happy about that. The game is just so easy to pop into for like a match or two. And I think that's what makes it so addicting, even compared to other card games. You literally, you can get a couple matches in like during a commercial break when you're watching TV. And I can't even think of another game like that that offers a full competitive experience within a couple of minutes. And I'm sure they exist. Like I know Clash Royale, those games are fairly short. I did play that game a while back. Something like that. But Marvel Snap is just, you know, it's so snappy. And and I, mm. I, I really love that. I really love that. I also played more Tunic. And I will say this game can be hard at times. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that I've turned off the stamina limitations from time to time. I'm glad that they added those sort of options. I... I I do think the game is only getting harder for me now from here on out, really. But I am enjoying it. I I love exploring and finding all the hidden stuff all around and seeing how there are are areas that I could have gotten into earlier had I only tried to go behind this wall that just wasn't obvious the first time. I love that about the game. I do wish it was a little bit more like a traditional Zelda-like in ways and not leaning so much into the Souls-like kind of deal. but. It is what it is. I still love the game. It was still my favorite game of the year, and I'm having a good time with it. And then the last one, I only played this for, it was it was brief. It was maybe like an hour or so, but 
I popped in. Uh, I bought Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time for my Game Boy Advance. It's one of like the twelve or thirteen games I bought over the last couple weeks. I've said on the show before that I'm not actually a big fan of 2D platformers and 2D action games like that, and that's true for PC and modern consoles. But I actually have always really enjoyed them on handheld, and that's great because that is like the majority of handheld games. It's it's RPGs and side-scrolling platformers. That's most of the games on handheld. But yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I bought uh, Rayman Advance today. I'm excited to try that. That actually had really good uh, critic scores back in the day as well. But yeah, I've got a, a whole group, a handful of games, that I'm dozen of games that I'm excited to, to get into here pretty soon. And I'm also just enjoying the collecting aspect. Even if I don't get to them for a while, I'm just enjoying collecting. There's something about those little cartridges that I just really like. I don't know why. Just really like it. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to New Year, New Groups. So it's that time of the year. We're going to make some New Year's resolutions, and the groups are going to make their New Year's gaming resolutions right here on the show. Each of the panelists are going to make three commitments to their 2023 in gaming. It's weird. We're in 2023 now. It felt weird to say that, but we're actually in that year now. Right here on the show, we're going to rotate around until we've gotten all three from each panelist. Now, Paul's not here today, but he did want to participate in this, so he sent me his resolution, so I'm going to read them out for him. He wants to play more current year games in 2023. I think that's a good year to do that, considering the crazy lineup that we have coming up for us here. He also wants to give Cyberpunk 2077 an honest try. We know Paul has been really enjoying The Witcher 3 a lot. He said it might be becoming his favorite game of all time right now. So Cyberpunk, very similar in a lot of ways. So I think he will enjoy that. And then he he says he wants to finish at least five games this year. Now, for Paul, as we know, that's a big thing because he'll get to like the end of a game and just stop. He won't finish it, but he's saying he wants to finish these out, at least five of them this year. So I told Paul I'm going to help keep him accountable for that. But let's go one by one here. We're going to each give a resolution until we all have given all three. So Josh, what's your first resolution for the year? I'll do the very basic and boring one first because if I beat it, it'll be a miracle because I still didn't beat it from the last one. And that's just beat three games. Uh, my Specifically go. last year, it was beat three indie games and I couldn't even do that. So now we're just going <laughs> to beat three games. It doesn't matter what they are. Just beat them to the you know the point where I'm satisfied with it. And hey, I, I that'll be success in my book. It's tough because a lot of the games that you play are service games, so you like you can't beat them. So that like that takes up a lot of your time. Pretty much. I don't want to ruin any further future resolutions, but do you have any specific ones in your mind right now? Yeah, no, it won't. It won't mess any of the other ones coming up. No, probably I'd like to beat The Witcher Three, Cyberpunk, Persona. Um, is definitely still one. Persona's going to take all year. I already know. You also pick just long ass games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I, The Witcher Three is going to take me forever. Persona is going to take me forever. It'd be a miracle to have some time left. Be nice to finish out Hades, uh, but you know who knows. We'll see. All right, very nice, Ross. What's your first resolution? First resolution is to not make the titles on all my videos so damn boring, <laughs> so I can hopefully get some more traction. What, what do what do you have any ideas? What are you going for? Just I, because I have this stupid, stupid, stupid uh, attachment to continuity with my channel, even though nobody cares. It's like I want every review to be like 
da, 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 quick critique, even though yeah. it doesn't even make sense. But I'm already knee deep into it, and I think I'm just going to have to... This year for the channel is going to mark a couple different changes. I have, I've Fiverr has come in clutch, nice. and I have hired so many freelance artists to make me new 3D renders, new caricatures, new in-screen animations, new all this new stuff. And it's just, I feel like now, it, now is a good time as any to shake up the status quo for the channel and try to make it more. I don't know with the times not so stuck in 2019 sweet i love it that's great mike your first resolution probably actually complete a game before i buy a new one i'll try to do that <laughs> that's a good start because what yeah. so does that mean marvel's midnight suns i mean i'd like to finish that but like there's like i scroll through my currently installed steam library and it's like Maybe I should finish some of these or at least play <laughs> them a little bit. I don't know. See, that's funny because I used to have the problem where like I I had to finish a game before I moved on to the next one. And so that kept me from playing so many things. But now I feel like I'm much more likely to just drop off something. And, you know, I got enough of that experience. I'm dropping off. Going to go do something different. So my first resolution is that I'm going to try out genres that I usually ignore. Last year, I, I had the, the same resolution, and I said the following. I want to find really good turn-based games. I want to do my best to beat a Souls-like game, and, wanna, and I want to try out some popular roguelites and roguelikes. I can confidently say the Souls-like thing is not going to happen, but I would like to take those other two picks and move them into this year. Find some really good turn-based games. I think I'm going to find some of that in the form of Game Boy. So I'm pretty confident about that. Golden Sun is the game that I really want to get into here pretty soon. And then I'd like to try out some roguelites. Like I think Hades is probably going to have to be the one. And I, I just I I want to I want to make Mike happy. That's really what it comes down to. I want to make Mike happy. <laughs> Ross, let's go to you next. What's your second resolution? My second resolution is probably something of a similar vein. I want to try more. I want to try to play more unofficial games like i want i want to try to play more mods rom hacks and indie games as we go like because actually there's there's one i was actually going to talk to you guys about it off camera but since we're here there's a vr game right now called davigo but it's an alpha and i've paid for the patreon and it's essentially an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one person's in vr and then four other people are flying around with jet jetpacks and rocket launchers and it's it's a multiplayer versus game and i just i want to try to reach out to more creators who are making these indie games like there there are so many there's one called arbiter there's one called blood canopy or something like that there, there are so many cool indie games that are hopefully going to come out this year and i want to try to look at a lot of those nice very cool in that asymmetric one though it's one person in vr and the four others are not everybody else so it would be an online game uh, the person in VR would be in VR, moving their head and hands and picking up trees and rocks and throwing them. And then you can smash your hand on the ground and it'll do a shockwave. And everybody else is, you know, either mouse and keyboard or controller. And it's like a third person shooter. Wow. Jetpack. That's really cool. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I'll send you guys a video later. Mike, your second resolution. Uh, my second resolution is to set up my VR system again because it's currently not set up. 
at all. It's behind me. You can see the towers behind me. That's the annoying part about VR. If you pack it up at any point, taking it back out and setting it up is just a pain in the ass. So I've had PSVR. I guess what I just need to do is buy PSVR 2 when that comes out in like two months and then uh, set that up. So it'll be like setting up the uh, PSVR. Anyway, I'm excited about that though. Uh, for me, my second resolution is that I want to continue collecting games. I, I just want to continue collecting them. I want to figure out the things that are most important to me in my collection, meaning what I'm going to be looking for. And, and also, I want to build the collection intelligently and financially responsibly. But some, some things that I am probably going to be looking at are Xbox games, like original Xbox games. It's a smaller library much smaller than the PS2. It's under a thousand games. So there's, you know, not as much to choose from. And I just really like Xbox game boxes for some reason. I really like that green. I don't know what it is. It looks good on a shelf. Josh, what about you? Your second resolution? Mine is goofy as shit, but somehow so incredibly well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm not on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in. Mike thought he was muted. <laughs> Eradicate the boogies. Oh god. Uh. <laughs> Holy shit. Go ahead, oh Josh. god. Uh so mine's incredibly dumb. Uh my second one is, but it's incredibly relevant for me, especially to get my first one done. Uh and it's don't reinstall Destiny 2. Oh. Uh because I never play it all that much. I always waste money on it with like the season pass or some bullshit and I never play it hardly any at all because it's convoluted. It's fucking stupid. There's so much bloat and bullshit that it just it always is a waste of time and I always am convinced, oh, I can change it this time. It'll be different. Nope, it never fucking is. It always ends the same uh, with me like out 60 bucks and just playing WoW again. So hopefully that game never sees, uh, sees its way back on my hard drive this year. It's absolutely going to be back on your hard drive. I fucking hope not. <laughs> I don't want it. Mike, your final resolution, what is it? It's not silly, but it's kind of dumb. When I say <laughs> that I'm going to do something, I'm going to actually do it. Oh. oh. That's your gaming resolution? And yes. How are you, okay. How are, you, how are you applying this to, to video games? Because last year I don't, I made three resolutions and I don't think I did any of them for video games. <laughs> That's fair. I know one of them was play every game of the year contender and I played none of them. Yeah, that's right. So your, your third resolution is to keep you the other two resolutions. Well, that and just in general, if I say that I'm going to do other things in oh, regards yeah. to video games or content creation, I'll actually just fucking do it. <laughs> All right. Very nice. For me, my final resolution is that kind of in the, in a similar vein, I want to create some new original YouTube stuff for Goodnight Grooves. Everyone who listens to the show knows I really love video game history. I love video game documentaries. I love that shit. And I would love to do some of that with Goodnight Grooves. You've, you've seen a small glimpse of that with the two Bite Bits videos on Miyazaki and Todd Howard that I sort of used as like a test balloon. But there's so much more that I want to do with that in long form, not just those YouTube shorts. And it, it just comes down to having the time to do it. And that's really why I'm kind of in awe of the videos that Ross puts out 
on command prompt because not only is he writing these long scripts, but for a lot of his videos, Ross is also having to go back and do full playthroughs of games and sometimes multiple games just for one video. Now, I love watching Ross's stuff. Now, the types of videos that he makes are not, that's not in the vein of what I would do. I would do more like historian type of stuff and documenting like moments in time. Ross with these awesome deep dives into video games. I, I love watching those, but I, I just, I <laughs> having to beat games and get all that footage is just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So that's why I'm so, so much in awe of, of what he's doing over there. But I would like to do some more YouTube stuff for Goodnight Groups. Josh, your final resolution. Man, I just want to get max level in an MMO that isn't WoW and just do some in-game content. Yeah. If it's New World, if it's Final Fantasy, it won't be Elder Scrolls Online because that game sucks ass. If it's Guild Wars 2, it probably won't be Lost Ark because fuck that. Uh, I don't know. I just It'd be, just be nice to have a different perspective that isn't WoW because uh, I'm doing that currently in WoW. I'm doing in-game right now, but it'd just be nice to do it on something else. I, if I had to guess, it'll probably be New World that completes this one for me. but. Who knows? Yeah, I, I've always thought Swotor might, but no, it never will. Swotor has the shittiest combat in the goddamn world. <laughs> so no, that won't be it. But yeah, who knows? M- maybe I'll get this one. I feel like, oddly enough, this one is the most doable, but but it also runs, definitely does not run very well with my first one, which is beat three games. So uh, yeah, yeah, they they kind of run a counter to each other, but we'll, we'll see which one wins out, I guess. I think... The lowest barrier to entry for that is definitely New World, just because there isn't as much end game content as those other games. Like you're True. once you hit sixty, you're essentially like you're you're essentially doing end game content right away, where you're like getting your expertise levels up and all that kind of stuff. And there's just not a ton at the moment. I know raids are coming at some point in the next year, hopefully. But I'm excited for you to uh to get to max level and do something. All right, Ross, the final resolution what is it i think it's more in line with the first one i i, I want to try to do more collaborative stuff on the channel like i uh at the end of this year the last not update video on the channel was a video for this game called evil west and i i got to play through that with my best friend and that was some of the most fun that i had playing a game this past year even though it crashed every other minute but i, I really <laughs> want to try to do like to combine i think it was like one in three I want to do like a playthrough of Super Mario 64 multiplayer with like six people. I want to try to do, you know, maybe an Ocarina of Time co-op playthrough. I just I just want to do more more reviews where I play games with my friends. Nice. I love that. Yeah, and that's a good way to get in gameplay with friends while also getting content for the channel. It's mm-hmm. a good two for one. I love that. That's awesome. All right. Well, those are our resolutions. I am now going to keep you all to those resolutions. And if you stray from them, uh, then uh, you'll, you'll find out what happens. And uh, I'm going to call you on the last day of 2023. And if you didn't make it, well, let's just say you don't want to know. Okay, let's move on to a special <laughs> shout out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. I'm going to go first. A special shout out to the little fox in Tunic. Just a cute little fox. He fights baddies. There's nothing to not love about him. I love him. Mike, your special shout out. Uh, My special shout out is to the cute little hedgehog in Sonic. (laughs) 
Just a cute little hedgehog. <laughs> Fights baddies. Yeah. Nothing I hate about him. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. Josh, your special shout out. A special shout out to those three indie games I never played. Uh, I'm sure they were a lot of fun, or so I've been told. Did you name specific games, or was it just three random? It was just three indie games, and okay. I was convinced Hades was going to be one of them, and I didn't play it all year. Oops. Well, you played uh, Firewatch at least. I did. Oh, there was one. Yeah, I played Firewatch. Mm. That was fucking yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> Ross, your special shout out. Uh, my special shout out goes to Etsy and these little cute resin keycaps you can get for your keyboard that have like little models and caricatures of Pokemon in it. They're really Whoa. cute. My wife got me one. Very nice. Very nice. What? Uh, which Pokemon? It's got Eevee in it. It's like a little rosy waterfall, and it's just got an Eevee. It's really, really Eevee. cool. Would you say that Evie's kind of like a cute little fox who fights baddies and there's nothing to not love about? <laughs> that should are not you have calling been calling other Pokemon baddies because... Uh, <laughs> Ayo Gardevoir, where are you at? <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Listen. I've got, I got some full art right here. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mike, Mike. <laughs> bro, bro got the codex. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Which Pokemon Would You Fuck podcast. The all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. It's game groups, I'm sorry. A massive thank you to Ross for joining us here on the show again today. And for everyone listening at home, make sure you head over to YouTube and check out Ross's channel, Command Prompt. Ross, give the people a quick pitch for the channel and plug anything else that you've got going on. Okay, uh... Again, I'm pretty sure I said the same exact thing last time I was here. I'm horrible at this, but if you enjoy goofy analytic content on YouTube where I talk about any game that I really want to because I have no consistency, then come on over to Command Prompt. There's even a really good video from last year that I was fortunate enough to do with Mike. And uh, I think that it's I think it's fun. I think it's a good channel. <laughs> it is good. Listen, I'm not and I'm not saying this because Ross is on the show and because he's a return guest Ross is here and on the show and a return guest because we love the stuff that he does. Like it's like one of the most underrated gaming YouTube channels out there. It is so good. Ross puts in an insane amount of work. The videos are great and I'm not just blowing smoke up his ass because I truly believe that truly believe that this stuff is awesome. So check it out. I'm a big fan of y'all too. And if you really like this show, we encourage you to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnight groups. We currently have two different tiers available. But any and all support is greatly appreciated, and it's going to go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier is getting you access to this show two days early. That's Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern, instead of Sunday, 6 a.m. Eastern. And a special shout out to our honorary groups supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D., James B., Jeremy R., and Derek versus the world. A round of applause for them, please. Have you guys heard what happened to Jeremy Renner? Yeah, that's really tragic. It's tragic. Our own patron. We also ask that you take a couple <laughs> minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything helps. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all the content. You're going to find this podcast, Southern Fried Groups, game reviews, and if you want to read our blog post about Elden Ring winning 2022 Game of the Year, you can find that there as well. On the website, you're also going to find a link to the community Discord. You can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with us on a daily basis. But before we get out of here, guys, do we have any final thoughts? 
I got nothing. I'm fresh out. Wow. Okay. That'll do it for us here today. I'm a little disappointed. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Thanks, Ross, for joining us. Take care, everyone.